Welcome, 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 podcast listeners and viewers. You are here. It is me, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also here with Lee, who is here for me, but he's probably somewhere else on your... Oh, he's that way, probably. Um, yeah. It is episode 194 of the Fret Talk podcast. Um, we have given up counting how many live casts we have done a long time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been quite a rushed one uh, today. We've, we don't have our usual relaxed intro atmosphere. We just need to kind of take a moment to get into our zen, zen place. Um, um. So, there we go. I've got raspberries. Do you want to see them? Look. Wonderful. Mm. I mean that that I mean, we're hitting that kind of ASMR market, definitely. Um, trying to edit out chewing on a on a podcast though. It's... <laughs> Don't worry, I won't eat anymore. They're, they're for the kids. My kids, not just general kids. I'm not like one of them people <laughs> with a van and stuff. <laughs> Kitty snatcher. <laughs> My God. He's oh. for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They bloody love them. Like <laughs> like candy to a baby. Oh dear, we've took a dark turn already, Lee. <laughs> That's very very quick, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's record time, mate. Um, Lee, Lee, how are you, mate? We haven't had a chance right, to have mate. our little kind of pre-game catch up, have we? So we'll do it no, now. No, we we've kind of been doing a bit of um, we've been schmoozing, haven't we? Yeah, we've been doing a bit of chat uh, um, and a bit of business, like um, for for getting demos ready and stuff like that from clients and stuff like that. Um, we haven't really sat down and gone, "How the fuck are you?" And that's it. Too busy, always, always on the game. Uh, we've got hey. the ge- not that game. My God, <laughs> I mean, I suppose uh, we've got Mister Bimson. Ahoy, hoy, Mister Bimson. Something that uh, you said in the Pedal Boards of Doom group may or may not be appearing a little bit later on in the show, so you'll want to stick around. I hope it will be, because I've already cropped it, edited it, and got it ready to come up. That's what we like to hear. Um, it's like, so... Bear or bear or something like that. Yes, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, aside from the kind of the last minute um, little chats we've been doing... Uh, business chats. How am you, me mucker? I'm all right, man. Are we, you know, um, my my main focus recently has been uh, getting my house ready to sell it and stuff like this. So we've been having a lot of viewings through, which means, unfortunately, I've put most of my gear away. So you know, for those viewing, you'll see behind me. It doesn't quite look like it normally looks, and that's just due to. Um, shit ton of flight cases containing a shit ton of uh pedals i've i've can probably count on one hand the amount of pedals i've got out to hand uh, and they're like um kind of like for utility stuff just because either we're demoing them or, or the only de- the only pedal i've got out that i'm actually i've actually got out for the sake of just playing it because it's fun is the ultra tap because i've been having a lot of fun with that um it, it's yeah it's crazy what it does and I, I'm, I'm really loving it still yeah, I've yeah. got me GT1000 core still out, but I've been using that as kind of like an amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To plug the ultra tap into sort of thing. Um, I've got an SD1 out, which I pulled out uh, just to do some Timepedia work recently, just to do some testing. But I think that's about it. 
Um, and I've got me Les Paul beside me. I've got my Strat indoors, and that's it. Everything else is away. It is a, it is quite sparse in comparison to what it has been. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the end so, of an era, uh, yeah. isn't it? The uh, the old tone shed. Is, uh, yeah. Pedalboard to Doom HQ, this is. It is like OG HQ, like back when you used to have a sofa and you used to do those <laughs> uh, like YouTube chat things. Yeah. Yeah, when we were, when we one of the first things we really started to try and do was live streams. But it was like, you know, the the comment, "Are you filming with a potato?" happened a couple of times. <laughs> we had a guy who claimed to have worked on the Phantom Menace, uh, doing our video and sound, but he was deaf. <laughs> so, so we could do and, the video. Yeah, really good at the video. He and and he had these lights in here that were like the big professional lights, but they were so hot. And we would sit there and he had two of them on us and we would literally be melting. But no, hang on, I can't say literally be melting. I'm a moron. But it felt like we were we were melting. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, and he had like this really expensive sound equipment um, and he, he was like telling me and this other guy who know about sound that we were wrong in what we were talking about and the sound was all coming out and clipping and stuff and we was like god <laughs> but i mean we live and learn don't we we live yeah. and learn and now here we are kind of how many years into live casting now probably about two isn't it uh us yeah couple good e- yeah. good evening nathan tipton how are you, sir? Yeah, yeah, we're a couple of years in, and um, it's really good. It's nice. It's like like I've said so many times, it's just like hanging out with your mates, and it's it nice seeing the people when the people come on here and start talking with us. It is it is nice. I haven't been up to a tremendous amount gear wise though. Like I say, I've been playing with the Ultra Tap and um, doing some Tonepedia stuff. I can't really talk about, um, but other than that, it's. Um, yeah, I, it's just been oh, really interesting. I'll tell you one thing. I, I I have been working quite closely with a company called Analog Alien. Um, they yeah. We've spoken about them before. They're a great company based over in New York. And um, they've just decided to come on board with Tonepedia for everything. Um, minus one pedal, which is kind of a studio tool as opposed to... Um, so you wouldn't be able to use it on Tonepedia anyway. Um but everything else is coming over on there, and they've got some wicked sounding stuff. Have you I ever must, heard of them? I must admit, no, they're not a company that I've heard heard anything aside from your mentioning them. Uh, so, like, give us a bit of a rundown of what they do, because okay. I'd be interested. So, the pedal we released on there um, a few weeks ago, and they were so happy with it. They're like, okay, that's brilliant, do everything, uh, was the bucket seat, which is like a Marshall in a box. Okay, Marshall, yeah. M-I-B, M-I-A-B, because M-I-B is Will Smith and gang, isn't it? Um, but the um, it, it's a really, really, really nice sounding one. Um, the story behind them is they, they own Cloud, Cloud9, I think it's called, Cloud9 Recording Studios. And they work with a lot of people. They recently worked with Joan Jett, for instance. They do a lot of work with Joe Walsh, Stevie Wonder, you know, big, big names. Joe Walsh is obviously one of the guitarists from the Eagles. And, and you know, so they, they, they're really well connected. Uh, people were bringing in pedals and stuff on their boards and that, and they were having trouble with them. 
Yeah. Joe and Jack, they're brothers. They're your typical, um, well, not typical, but atypical sort of um, Italian New Yorkers. Yeah, hey, how you doing? You know, that sort of thing. They're really, really cool. And like, so, so cool. Uh, and they're lovely as well. Really, really friendly. Um, and, um, yeah, they're, they're brothers. And they they look very, very much alike, I, apart from Joe wears glasses more often than Jack doesn't. <laughs> and that's, that's how most people kind of tell them apart, I guess. Um, but they're really good at electrical engineering. So people were saying, like, I've got this pedal, but it's not quite doing what I'm, I want it to do. So they kind of just went, oh, I'll make one. And they they made these pedals, but they made them in their own sort of way, and they made them really, really good. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, c- can I keep this? And these were like massive artists. And like, can I use this on stage and stuff like that? Um, so it, it, like they told us this story and they sent me a load of pictures about it as well for, for my mate um, Den because uh, Den's a huge Who fan um, I've mentioned Den a few times the guy who helped me build this right um, so he uh, he's a huge Who fan I was telling him about it and they were like oh you know we we did um, Pino you know uh, what's his name Pino Padaudi Padaudi is that how you say it what Pino oh, Paladino the bassist on. Paladino, yes, sorry, Paladino, yes, uh, the who's who's bassist. Sorry, I'm, I don't care, they're bass players. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> right, but uh, they they gave him a rumble seat, um, uh, or is it a bucket seat? One of the two. They've got one called bucket seat, one called rumble seat. And Pete Townsend turned around to their keyboard player and said, um, do you know what? You want one of them pedals for your for your key, your keys. It will make it sound more like a, um, like that John Lord sort of sound. Mm-hmm. So, Pete Townsend said to their keyboard player, "You need one of these their pedals," and then they um, they actually like hand delivered it to him because they were gigging over in New York and they got to go backstage and everything and it's just uh, loads and loads of photos of them backstage and they're like, "It's really funny because they were saying to me, it's all right with us going backstage because like you know they know we're cool and we're not gonna um, we're not gonna go and start like acting all fangirl." Next thing he sends me loads of pictures of like selfie with people in the background <laughs> and stuff it's like yeah you're so cool Jack. <laughs> but they are any I mean, credibility they, they there are. just <laughs> yeah can't believe they... you, you you forgot pino paladino's name mate like he uh he did the john mayer trio as well like he's an I, absolute... I, do you know what i don't like john mayer at all i've got no time for that so it's you know it's not like i dislike it it's just nothing like what I want to be listening to. I'm not a mum, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, John has said in the comments, don't pros get everything for free anyway? Well, I, f- I think they probably did, yeah. Because yeah. um, uh, it was a case of, um, they said that the uh, uh, Pino turned, turned around to him and said, Jack, do, do you think you might be able to send um, one of these over to us, uh, like really nicely? And Jack joked to me, went, "Well, no, of course I can't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm gonna get one. It's the fucking who." I see. And, I've know, heard of them. Uh, no. 
yeah so um yeah I, I think they did anyway look they they do that they've got that pedal they've got a compressor pedal they've got a fuzz with a foot switchable buffer on and off which is an interesting way of doing it um then they've got a, a joe walsh special which is called i think the double take I don't, i'm not going to google it because we've got a prohibition against googling on the live stream otherwise i'll bring it up right now uh but they've got a um I think it's the uh, a rumble seat or um, one of their other drives with a compressor built into it. So it's like a a, a, a combination of drive and compressor. They've got um, the rumble seat, which I think Ryan Burke, 60 Cycle Hum, did a really good uh, demo of it as well. Uh, and it's got the bucket seat in it, which is the Marshall drive we spoke about. It's got a delay in it and it's got a reverb. So a lot of people would just be able to gig with that one pedal yeah yeah seems quite versatile yeah really sounds really great um i i'm they're all really really bright colors all the logos on them are kind of like that sort of bubble uh you know when you touch it and it's like it feels like it's a bubble it actually sticks out a bit oh okay like a real tactile kind of finish to it like almost kind of um like a vinyl sticker yeah yeah okay cool 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 Mm um yeah and um i i really highly rate them because uh, these guys are sound engineers and when sound engineers start making pedals you know you're in for a treat indeed indeed i mean if your profession requires you to have like amazing detail in your hearing then if you're creating a a guitar pedal or a pedal for bass or a pedal for a keyboard even um you're gonna have bring that same kind of attention to detail to to guitar audio, which doesn't always happen. You always say, yeah. Do you remember we spoke about greed tone a little while back? And um, we've we've got something coming up very special with them at some point, okay. um, which we'll we'll talk about soon. Which I'm, I'm very very excited about. Um, <clears throat> well. Uh, Greg, who often pops up on on the live stream, he uh, he also is a sound engineer, and he he's the guy who's done the sound for the Foo Fighters and these sort of things. Do you remember what the Foo Fighters? I vaguely recall them back in the two thousands. Yeah. No, do you remember we talked? We spoke about him. You <laughs> freak. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, uh, and yeah, he he's he's pedals sound absolutely fantastic as well. He's got a great set of ears. Indeed, indeed. Mm. Levels, so that, levels popped up, and he's uh, he's first of all he apologised for interrupting the live stream, um, but secondly he's uh, mentioning your your delicious Superman curl that you are sporting at the moment. Yeah, my hair's actually gone. I was begging my wife to cut it. I was begging her and begging her and begging her, and then it just went that little bit longer, and it's actually starting to look good. Um, like for ages, it was looking really crap, and wouldn't, now it's wouldn't go that to far, Lee. Wouldn't go <laughs> <laughs> busting balls. <laughs> I, I had a bit of a trim of my beard as well to bring it back into looking good without looking like I'm homeless or something. That's my my thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, but mate, I, I noticed how like how long it is getting today and it's just it's a bit un, unwieldy but I'm going to push through that barrier and see if we can get to 
kind of like fisherman or wizard length yeah you're gonna you're gonna go through that period that i've just gone through with my hair and then it will grow a little bit longer and you'll be like yeah that's it that's that's, it. A, that's the sweet spot right there mm. right i yeah. suppose i should probably go on about some of the stuff that i've done this week so not just to for kind first, of can't, round can't we can we talk about star trek and star wars for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yes um yeah our, our good friend, Mr. Matt Quine, uh, has been catching up on the podcasts recently, obviously, because in the uh, in the Fret Talk podcast, uh, only today, weren't it, um, he posted um, posted about us going on about Star Trek and Star Wars and then called us out for being massive nerds. Um, <laughs> yep. And, and to be <laughs> fair, he answered one of the questions as well, like the... Um, the one about delay that we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah. he said, again, the M5 with programmable vari- like variants of the delay. Um, spot on. Again. Yeah, because we, we only focused it on for the, uh, for the modulation, really, didn't we? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, we went for the delay. We went for uh, the flashback, which is, mm. a, is an excellent choice. But the M5 is also a very excellent choice and you you probably get it cheaper as well mm. um yeah so, so there you go um it's a good shout it's a good shout luscious is um i don't know why is, i had to say that twice luscious uh our level is is telling us um i don't know if he's referring to your superman curl or if he's referring to this uh this He's le- just talking le- about the pair of us. He, he know, we know, we know. L- luscious, yeah. Hello, luscious. You are right, loud. Lush, and I'll be osh. <laughs> osh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so this week, what I have been doing. To be fair, I have been. I've been a busy boy this week. Been a busy, busy boy. Um, I got to a recording uh, of another one of these iset pedals i think i might have it here uh it is exactly this one which i believe is very similar to a certain uh a certain other chinese brand's powerful lady um based flanger oh it's an elect lady <laughs> there's any subtleties just flown out <laughs> uh so it's 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 very very similar i believe to that um and it has towards the subtle ends of it you get some of those really kind of warbly tape uh modulation sounds um and then you can get some absolutely sea sickening swirliness as well if you push it right to the edges you get you get cray cray uh, a lot of people say the Elect Lady is absolutely fantastic. Uh, was this good? Yeah, it was really good, really good. So it's, uh, the the controls are very similar, but they're not marked the same. I think with the Elect Lady, it's got the uh, I think they call it the E Lady now actually, because I think they may have gotten a little bit in trouble for it being a little bit too close. Um, so they just rebranded it a bit, but it had like filter and then not whereas this has got like hard and soft mode uh, which electro is... harmonics kind of dish out um uh was it um ccd 60s 
yeah cease and desists like they're going out of fashion it's like yeah you can have one and you can have one and you can have one we'll get one just for mentioning it i mean allegedly (laughs) allegedly one of the um the the pitch based um chinese pedals and i'm not going to go into any more detail for the sake of being legally ambiguous um but they they noticed that the coding within this pedal had like retained some of the uh, the ear marks left in there from electro harmonics. So it had like EHX branding inside the coding. <laughs> um, so, hang on, the electric lady isn't doesn't have any coding on it. No, no, no. This was the a, electric a, mistress. Sorry. Yes, this was a um, a DSP based pitch. Um, pedal oh so someone copied the pitchfork basically uh, and they called it whatever the pitch bitch or whatever and uh oh that's a great one the pitch bitch yeah <laughs> there um, you go there you go lee if you know how to press control c and control v on um on some coding <laughs> then you can you too can potentially be uh hit by a cease yeah. and desist but i just want my cease and desist that's the only reason i did it <laughs> that's it that's it the pitch bitch. Nice. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, the uh, swinging it back onto the the flanger is it's really good. Um, I I much preferred it in the more subtle subtle modes because it's it's that kind of tape warbliness, the kind of like the edge of where a tape would be kind of almost going out of tune. Mm. You can get that kind of sweet spot. Um, but then like you you take it to the to the other end and it gets crazy um, take it to the limit yeah yeah this control in particular will absolutely fuck you over is the colour colour control which yeah. I believe that is uh, it's a feedback knob so it, it's the one that adds the signal back in through the mm. um, through the pedal and if you crank it all the way up you literally just get um, oscillation <laughs> yeah which fantastic but you that can kind of man- is, is there a manual control on there I assume that's what this colour control is because right. manual and feedback are essentially mm. the same thing um, exactly yeah so yeah it, it's that but you can like if you dial it back a bit you get you can dial in the amount of like metallic overtone that you get with it um, and again like you can get almost um, almost kind of twelve stringy um, mm. overtones with it, which I, I was really digging. Um, and again, like we we plugged it through uh, through a driving amp and then channeled some <laughs> some of the eighties eighties um, rock tones. So it was, mi- it was in- yeah. Carry on, sorry. The micro pitch got really good twelve string sounds. Do you remember that? The yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounded fantastic because it, it detunes it ever so slightly in both directions, and it really gave it that that twelve string sort of yeah the um, width. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've never heard anything that sounds so authentically like a twelve string. Well, the other uh, than the twelve string, the Variax doesn't do too badly. Well, um, I've never tried a Variax, so that's uh, something I've not to, played. You need to alter that because the Variax is a very, very good. Uh, it's, it's it yeah it's one of the best vaxes that there are about um 
Oh, like, what, what am I doing with my life? What's going, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, oh um, but yeah, honestly, like, I would suggest to anyone try it. I know Stuart often like absolutely bags on the uh, the Variax, um, but he was one of the first to admit when I did this stomp v stomp versus the acoustic simulator. He went actually the acoustic um, acoustic <laughs> modelling on that Variax is shit hot. So <laughs> I am here to eat my words. Yeah, it it did. It sounded so much better than the uh, than the stump than the HX stump. Yeah, massively uh, better. Uh, um, in the HX stump's um, defense, it is accurately modeling the uh, the AC2, which did not do an acoustic sound particularly well. Yeah, so I've I've been. Um, this is actually something I did do, and I, I forgot all about it. I was. Um, one of my friends bought a set of Wazares the other day and he was asking me for, uh, about them and uh, it just got my attention. I was like, you know what, I'm going to start playing. I, I went on there and I, uh, I happened to be on an acoustic uh, setting that I set up and I was like, oh God, this sounds terrible. <laughs> um, uh, and it, it just happened that um, I was on the, I had my guitar all set up wrong because unless you turn like the tone right down and you're on the neck pickup and, and this, that and the other, it sounds shite, but once you once you do like just take your tone pretty much all the way down, drop a bit of the volume off, have it on yeah. the neck pickup, obviously, like I said. Um, at that point, it starts sounding like a nylon string guitar, and I was playing uh-huh. it for ages with a nice little um, nice little subtle delay on it. I, I just sat there just playing it for ages, and you know, I, I like to play with a bit of distortion and stuff. Um, Indeed. Oh, there is something else I did actually. This morning, I had our oh. morning meeting with Tonepedia, and I sat there and I looked at the t- I looked at the computer screen. and I thought, Do you know what, I I need to give myself a kick up the ass. I've had two coffees already, and I just wasn't feeling it. So I got up, I turned my Marshall up to about four on the master, and um, whacked the gain almost all the way up. Stuck stuck my earbuds in first because I had to, and oh, it was so nice to actually feel some like air moving and you know i was getting like loads of feedback from my guitar and i was like loving it i was like yeah just it felt like i was playing with a sustain i was just like getting all that feedback it was just absolutely glorious just to play with a bit of volume i mean it's funny you funny you were mentioning that actually i was on the phone uh to my good friend and the guy behind chef tone effects uh mr yeomans uh the other day and I was I was talking about how I miss um, the experience of running through an amp pushing air. Mm. Um, so I I have a feeling over the next month or so, me and him are gonna just book out a practice room, turn up some amps, and absolutely rip it. Because mm. as much as the the stomp is good as a practice tool, it's really good for recording. It scratches those itches. When you think about what you're missing, it's still not quite a hundred percent there, and the there is no substitute. No matter how how good these modelers become, there is absolutely no substitute for just turning turning an amplifier up. I might um I might invent a fan that uh just 
blows gentle amounts of air at you when you <laughs> connect to your words or ears and and uh a sustainiac that uh works in, in like just as it should like it's like a usb usb plugged in plug in to to like your like your audio workstation or something and it, it triggers based on the audio that'd be quite good actually do you remember that <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that thing we've got a video right uh just for um the viewers and the listeners so we, when we were at a guitar show at one point there was this pad that you could stand on for bass players and it had a, a an ad, an actuator or a speaker in it one of the two um, yeah yeah and uh when when you played the bass you could play low but what it did is it vibrated the pad that you were stood on to make you feel like you're actually playing really loud and when you stood on it it basically shook your very being and you could hear the resonance for it so it sounded so much louder when you were stood on it um that's what we want something like that yeah for guitar yeah, yeah to be fair it was the the ike board weren't it um and they were really cool. And it's um, one of our best performing videos that we've ever done. Maybe we're putting really funny faces in it or something. There's probably a forum on Reddit somewhere or something that we're, we're really popular on. No doubt there is some, some subreddit in the corner of, uh, corner of the internet just absolutely ripping the piss out of, uh, out of our reactions. Um, but, but yeah, so um, I, I did a, a video on the flanger the stomp v stomp for the h not hm2 the the mt2 kind of clone uh by behringer finally finally came out this week it's been it's been like up for premiere about three or four weeks on the trot and it's been like you can have it you can have it nope no 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 you can't no you can have it you can have no no and now it's finally been released um so that was just a massive <laughs> relief. Like, it was, yeah, it was. It was like a massive build-up. Was uh, it a massive release, though? If it was a massive build-up, was it a massive release? Uh, I, I've not checked the numbers, to be honest. I've just let it do its thing. I was being rude. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, that's it. Um, so that, that, that came out. And I did actually have a listen back because I recorded it maybe about a month ago. Um and they don't sound the same at all. The, there are there are differences, but they're not bad. They're not they're not bad at all. Like neither one is what I'd call terrible. Um, and I'm not usually a metal tone kind of guy. Um, but I, I thought they uh, they performed pretty well. I haven't watched it yet. I've been too busy. I'll, I'll definitely try and give it a watch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely worth doing it. No, uh, if you out there, listener, yes, you, if you are going to watch that video, just just drop a comment down in the comment section below, because the comments appear in the next videos as well. So if your comments are good and it will appear in the next video, that's what I like to see. So John Woodham has said a uh, low volume, clean boost, and an attenuator. Um, what's he talking about? Can you clarify uh, that? Because I'm I'm a little bit confused as to what. Because uh, obviously there's a bit of a delay, so uh, that it was probably something we were talking about a minute ago. Because we're old and senile, we've forgotten. Well, it'll be the uh, kind of low volume, playing at home, but also getting the the feeling of a push damp. I assume. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's not so much the... Sorry, John, I'm confused. It's not so much the sounds of a push damp. It's the feeling of the air moving. It's the feeling of the room rumbling and, and stuff like that. You know, it's uh, things yeah, you can't, can't get through a Wazirair or something like that, you know. Yeah, the visceral experience of... It's almost kind of going back to caveman um, mm. mindset, isn't it? This thing is loud and loud is good. So... Yeah. Amp, yeah. Yeah, amp in the sweet spot, low volume. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there we go. Um yeah, I mean I can get I can get um sweet spots with amps kind of just tickling the volume. Uh I find like we mentioned earlier actually, a drive pedal with a compressor um tends to do that because you get the sustain that you would if the amp was naturally compressing if you just you you've got like the level on your um your compressor just where it's affecting mm. if you dig in and you get that kind of same feel that you do or not the same but similar enough that you you get the feel of a, a push damp uh spoilers for you tomorrow the newsletter coming out from tonepedia which is something that i write is going to be a compressor special and it's going to be about ways that you can use um, compressors that um give you kind of like pro guitarist results um um, you know it's not going to be something that's for uh, the experienced guitarist but it's going to be something for people who kind of look at compressors and think i think i know what they do but yeah yeah not 100 percent sure so yeah um if you if you haven't signed up to the newsletter and you want to read like weird ramblings that come out of my head once a week um yeah go ahead go to stonepedia and sign up to it it's pretty good to be fair we've uh we've just got bimson in the chat uh essentially backing our point and and said it far more eloquently than i actually did uh saying guitars just react differently at volume they come alive um and it is that isn't it it's it's that experience um of those those kind of elements where the venn diagram meets of like loud guitar and just sweet spot um yeah you do, you the guitars do sound differently because the strings react to it's like a feedback it, it, the it is feedback it's just different levels of it and the, the guitar whole, the whole resonance of the guitar is vibrating and therefore causing it to sound different it, it's just absolutely godlike it really is amen uh <laughs> one one final thing <laughs> i didn't even intend that then uh, one final thing that I did this week, which will be out on Monday, which is the same time as this podcast. No, this one's out in a week's time. So this this will be out by this pod, the time this airs as a podcast. Um, I did the demo. I did the demo on the pick. On oh, this pick. cool! Well done, mate. Uh, well, yeah, I found a little bit of extra time because I did the um, uh, I did the demo on the flanger on the Monday, which meant that. My Tuesday, which I usually do recording of the uh, the no talk or tone, hmm. uh, was free. Uh, so I used um, the tiny toddy as a preamp, as I usually do. But I used the V two this time, uh, which Simon very kindly sent me through, um, which is higher headroom, a bit more dynamic, nuss, um, and it's just it's a very good pedal, uh, which is why. I can run it as a preamp 
not into any like um amp modeling just into an ir and it sounds fantastic fantastic that's really cool um so i did that with the the coconut pick and i've also recorded the um i've not got it around it's probably underneath the laptop actually um an alt um pick which is uh so i've been told this week um altex is the jim dunlop uh trademark for the the uh, material altem uh so i've got uh, an altem pick um i've also got some jim dunlop altex picks um lee are you there lee I'm having a stroke because you're talking about guitar picks again. I am. Have you ever tried Altex or Altem? I'm trying a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, it's but, it's a it's it's quite a um, almost it almost feels kind of glass like because it's really really tough and it's quite a brittle sound. Um, I would suggest it. Uh, okay. Put a thumbs up in the in on the uh, screen if you want to hear um, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap keep talking about um, picks. Would you get lots of thumbs up? Let's carry on with it. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? There's quite a few, quite a few there's popping none. up. There's, no, there's, there's nothing. Quite a, there's quite a few. There's nothing. I know there's. I know there's definitely some because I'm putting some on there. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, I, none of them popped up on my screen. That's that's odd. Um, okay. Anyway. So we we've got some uh, some pedal boards opinions and news to get through this week, haven't we? Okay, right. So I didn't name these. Um, in uh, so sh- should we just go with them in the order that I've got them on? Yeah, let's go sequentially. Go on, you shoot shoot the uh, questions at us, Lee. So who's yeah. our first question from? First one. Uh, it's Mike Falco. It says, "Tell me something you found out the hard way, or wish you knew a long time ago, rig or guitar related, of course." Okay, so so something we found out the hard way. So found out the hard way is an easy one, is that you don't need 100-watt amplifiers. You don't need a 412 cab to be gigging. That is, it's something that you do not need. Um, for For most venues that I would be playing, like the local pub gig or a or a little rock club or whatever, a hundred watt is overkill. It will also sound like crap because you can only get it up to like one and a half on your volume before the sound engineer says, we are, we are no bueno. So yeah. you do, you do not need a hundred watt of amplification. You, I'll, I'll say that level we're at, you can't use a hundred watts because the only way to get it sounding good is to have it. So it's cooking and you cannot yeah. play it at that level. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, John's uh, mentioned in the in the chat, referring to what we were talking about earlier, saying like a good attenuator with an amp at six and a clean boost kicked in can sound pretty convincing. Um, and you could do that kind of thing for um, a venue, by all means. Save yourself a bit of cash, buy the 20 watt combo version, um, and then actually just crank it. I'd still, I'd still probably take a tube of twelve. In fact, um, when I'm gigging again, I will take either two, two tube of twelves and a one by twelve, um, and run a wet dry wet, or I will take three uh, one by twelves. I've um, got to give a, 
I've got to give a high five to uh, to Lowell in the comments. Sorry, he's just said what he learned was metal zones are not the best. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Holy we, shit! Like yes, we have a video out there uh, of Lowell uh, demoing a uh, I think it's a TS9, uh, and it's actually a metal zone turned right down, and um, it's only like a, a minute long. And at the end, he goes, "You've been metal zoned." <laughs> it's so funny. He did. Uh, it's really good. Um, what did I learn the hard way? Um, I guess I guess that digital pedals are are basically there. I, I didn't want to admit it. Um, it was like I, I I took the I took the opportunity to like play a f- uh, a few a couple of years ago, uh, and to be fair, they sounded shit. And yeah. Uh, and I was just like, oh, no, they're not there, they're not there. And, and then, like, about a year ago, I kind of opened myself up to, like, trying them again. And they they if you do a direct A-B comparison with some of them, they will not sound as good. But what they're doing is not bad. In fact, what they're doing is fantastic. And the... The way they're implemented now, like the DD500, is amazing. It's it's the best delay pedal I've ever used. It is so amazing. There's so much um, flexibility on there. It's just, uh, you know, you just cannot beat it. Um, you know, John's put Strymon in there. You know, Strymon pedals that people are using them all over the world. I've not really fallen in love with the Strymon pedals because they don't have the flexibility and the um, control, like controllability let's say uh um of the boss ones but the boss ones yeah for sure and then you get like the eventide pedals that we've been playing with recently i've never heard anything like it you know they're doing sounds that are really you can't do you just can't do it with um with yeah, without it yeah it, it needs to be digital and the eventide stuff is killing it the boss gt 1000 is so powerful it's so so good uh, and then you got the things like this um, quad cortex from um, Neural DSP. Is it was it Neural? I think it was. Um, and it's just like people are saying, it's so amazing. It, the Kemper was really good, but I never thought the Kemper properly sounded right. Um, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah, um, I, I think it's this whole idea of like like capturing a moment in time. And then, like, you start adjusting the controls and it makes it all go weird and you can never get it back to that moment in time again. So, um, yeah, Nathan Tipton said he found out the hard way that you should really consider how heavy a bass amp is and how much of a pain it will be to move before buying. Oh, my God. I remember that that massive, massive bass amp he bought. (laughs) Yeah. my friends uh, used to live on the third floor of, uh, like the top floor of these flats, and um, every time they were gigging, they would they were two brothers, and they would always take, you know, their four by twelves and their Marshall heads out, and there was no lift, so it was always like yeah. helping them up and down, and they were big old yeah. concrete stairs as well. God, they hurt. Yeah, I mean, generally, just be sensible with the proportions of the things you bring in. If you if you're playing to a a capacity of like five hundred or less, you aren't gonna need an amp that can do a festival. You just don't need it. Um, I'm gonna swing through to the 
the final part of that question. So something, if you could tell your younger self something, what would it be? Because I think the, the, the gear regret um, is slightly different than what I would tell my younger self. I think I would probably... Um, I'd, I'd tell myself not to sell my Dan Electro because that was just... That was a stupid, stupid choice. Um, I sold it for, I think, 90 quid or something like that. And I've longed for one ever since. But I think I'd, I'd tell myself to to thin down... Uh, to thin down my collection by only getting like guitars that I will use day in day out because I've got a rack of guitars and I like them enough that I won't get rid of them largely because like the um the cost I will like the 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 return that I'll get on them is nowhere near what I've put like put into them um and I like them enough versus how much I'd lose on them so I think I I'd I'd say be smarter with your uh with your gear choices. I'd also yeah. tell myself never never just don't buy the line 6 spider valve. <laughs> I had just, so much I'd... fun with them. They're, they're so, they are for so much fun. I I tell myself to learn recording techniques like to learn how to um how to record and get good enough at uh, playing your guitar properly so you can play it the same each time and these sort of things so you can double track and that sort of thing easier because that's a that's a lesson that I'm still trying to learn I wish I'd learned that when I was younger I think I'd also tell myself uh, while you've got chance practice the fucking guitar don't just <laughs> noodle for hours and hours on end do some serious practice when like if you you're just hitting into your 20s you've got plenty of time on your hands you've got no responsibilities you don't really have a great deal of fucking money so you you're not going to be wait like going out and enjoying life all that much sit there and just really get stuck into guitar yeah uh right let's go on to the next question because we've got loads of questions and not a lot of time so next one is What's the cheapest non-Chinese made pedal you'll never that which will never leave your board? No tuners or multi-effects units. Edit. Nothing is wrong with Chinese models. Quit being triggered, babies. I was it was just a question. <laughs> right, so let's ignore yeah, that bit. We, yeah, uh, we can we can we can get like how that question got got uh, perceived in the group just by that. So I'm gonna caveat caveat this. Uh, I'm gonna take the fact that he's mentioned Chinese pedals as like the cheap Chinese companies like the Joyo, the Moore, those kind of companies because largely a lot of pedals are made in China. Well, the PCBs like, are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So like I could mention like a TC uh, pedal. I've, I've got no doubt like TC stuff. You think, you don't think of it as a Chinese company, but well, it will be. It is. It's Behringer, isn't it? I'm Be uh, Behringer Japanese or Chinese? Uh, Behringer are a German company, but all of their manufacturers over in China. It's World Music uh, Company, isn't it? I thought they were thought World Music Company was Chinese. I, I'm not going to Google it. 
um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that caveat. Is that the like the origin of the company will be where I'm aiming towards. So I'm not gonna bother with going into it in such detail that it has to be made in that country or or whatnot. Um, I'm gonna go with the Mojo Mojo. Oh, I find it on every board that I go for. It's probably a Chinese-made me- uh, pedal, but TC largely Danish. Danish. TC are Danish. Yeah. No, TC are Danish. Well, there you go. Oh, do you know what? I had a chat with the uh, one of the owners of uh, T Rex today. Get it on. Really? really? Oh God, I love T Rex. The band. My uncle is, is like the most hugest um, Mark Bolan fan in the world. He's like part of the Mark Bolan fan club. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's down, back down, 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 down. Indeed. I was forced to learn that as one of my first songs because I knew if I didn't, my uncle would never forgive me. <laughs> um, to be fair, it's a tune. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, man. That is that is a rocker and a half. You know, uh, Mark Bolan with his Les Paul and his Marshall. Like, yeah. Um, did he play Marshall? I think he did. Must do. He had a Les Paul in the 70s. Must have had a Marshall. Um, uh, Go on. What's, what's your... Uh... Go to like, pedal that is not a not a Chinese one. Like that Chibson you only. I haven't got a Chibson. <laughs> uh uh just said the first rift he learnt was Aqualung. Now funny story about that. That was on a family guy episode recently. My daughter heard it and every time she sees something, she's like, There's a sheep in that field. <laughs> and stuff like that because that's what they were doing. So we've had this ongoing game of ding 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 ding. I'm singing on the telly <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh dear. It's, Good it's job. Great fun, man. Taught my daughter Aqualung and she's like four in 2021. <laughs> Indeed. Funny old year. Yes. Go on, what, what pedal, Lee? What pedal? Let's say, just because I can't look at my, my pedal board right now because it's um, locked up, um, let's go for a CE2 because it's one of the best pedals in the world, or Carbon Copy, one of them two. Cool. I mean, I was going to go for the uh, the Joyo Analog Delay, because again, I find that on every board, but I was like, oh shit, that's uh, that is, that's a Chinese one. But it's it's based on the Carbon Copy, so... Um, allegedly, allegedly it's based on the Carbon Copy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, Mojo Mojo finds its way onto every board I, I have, so... Okay. You you can't turn it down, can you? Right, next one. Let's go. Jesse, Jesse. That's an interesting name. Do you think she's a superhero? Um, Kind kind of pedal related. What do you gurus think uh, the best laptop for home recording would be? I've been researching for a while and I still don't have a clue. Yeah. So um, I wanted to add this one in because um, it kind of goes hand in hand with, um, with home guitarists these days um is a bit of home recording um so rather than saying like oh you've got to go for this specific laptop i'd mention specs that you will probably need Mm. uh so i'd say a minimum of 16 gig of ram is is a safe bet um 
Yeah, you want let's let's say uh, DDR three and above though. Um, I would probably say go for DDR four to five. Um, if you know, really, in an ideal yeah. world, if you if you can, yeah, if you could spring to that, yeah, definitely. Uh, DDR four, uh, sixteen gig or, or above. I mean, if you can get into like thirty two gig, you you're gonna be a lot more comfortable. Um, I think my um the laptop that I record the. Uh, the podcast on is eight gig uh, of RAM, and it honestly struggles. It like it's okay for like multi-channel, very very simple like voice recording and some very basic kind of programming and uh, like guitar demo recording. But anything above that, like any serious tracks that you want to get done, it struggles. Can I come in on this? Because I spend more time than I I choose to with uh, professional sound engineers. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all using Macs. All of them. Every single one of them. And, I, I you know, it, to the point where they're likely, get a Mac, we will send you a Mac Mini. Uh, it, it's like, I don't want one. I've got a really powerful PC. Like, just, just get a Mac. <laughs> so... Um, Look, it, I wouldn't normally advise people that, but this is what the professionals are advising me. So, yeah. you know, it's it, I'm I'm of the mind of listen to scientists and don't ignore them like a muppet thinking you know better. These guys are are, are our music scientists, I guess. Yes, yeah. Um, the the thing with Max and the things that will always be with Max. They are extremely cost prohibitive, um, and your kind of entry level uh, Mac book, um, you're talking kind of seven eight hundred quid. Where if you if you're spending that money on the PC equivalent, you yeah. are get you are getting a much much more suitable um, machine essentially. Yeah, I agree. Um, but this is what they're saying, and the Mac Minis are pretty reasonable to be honest yes you've got to get a uh you've got to get a screen and so on and so forth but the mac minis are tiny yeah so but yeah. yeah they are they are they are um but um can't yeah it, can't mod them anymore though no not at all and you are you are bent over the barrel of the of the mac um corporation oh. for it for any like any upgrades or any repairs you are you are tethered to that whereas uh pc stuff is a lot more free uh and easy to talk great um mm, yeah i i've i've always been a windows guy um yeah but this is you know and i'm i'm very much on board with you there however that's what i'm being told yeah yeah completely so if if you like if you think you can financially uh deal with the the blow then yes and, and to be honest before i uh before i got this laptop that i'm recording on um i had a macbook um and i i never had any problems with like because i was i was running garage bands on it but i had i had multiple like like multi track recording on it and it never struggled it manages resources really, really well. Mm. Uh, much better than a PC would if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, 
so if if you can if you can do that and you you want kind of ease of use of a, a more plug and play experience for it a mac would be your your route i'd like um, to just before we we close up because we're, we're about at time i'd like to go through the comments because people have had quite a bit to say um one sec let me just pop this open and then it's having a mm-hmm. a funny minute this is rag. so right. I, i'll i'll do a bit of reading from our thingy so okay. um so we've got uh, uh, Lowell's mentioning the Whammy one. Uh, so he said, uh, any laptop with a decent amount of RAM, but then he carries on to say that he's a Mac guy and he used his 2008 MacBook for nine years straight. So like longevity, yes, that is... You, you're, getting, you're getting a decent deal there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think that's really, really good. Um, John's gone ahead and said universal audio plugins are... A computer's best friend. Oh, you know, what? One of the only things we've ever done in terms of a plug-in pedal. In fact, it might be the only plug-in pedal we've ever done on Tamepedia. Was one of the Universal Audio um, plug-in pedals, which I think is a Tube Screamer, and they loved it. It sounds really, really good. Go on to Tamepedia, check it out. Um, so we've we've got like a million Tube Screamers on there. It's very hard to write a different description for each one of them. <laughs> I'm not allowed to just copy and paste. <laughs> um, Subtle mid-hump. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I tend to write a, quite an interesting story about each pedal, uh, especially vintage stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, how many fucking tube screamers does a man need? <laughs> um, yeah, however, uh, yeah, uh, the Universal Audio plugins are fantastic and that one's one of my uh favorites um the um john I, i'm really confused what you mean by chips and i don't own a chips and this is a proper gibson it's signed my friend <laughs> um people talking about things that they've sold uh indeed so uh andrew bimson sold a selma treble and bass marshall 4x12 and, and a four, Marshall 4x12. Selma. Selma amps don't come around very often. Christ. They're worth their weight in gold. Dan Electro is one of uh, Lowell's favourite gear companies. Indeed. Use the appropriate amount of... <laughs> so all the tube screamers is the appropriate amounts of tube screamers. Um, <laughs> which i i i agree with uh we've actually got a question about tube screamers or tube screamer variants have we let me go uh, through and have a look uh let's just pop them up and uh no oh no. look let, let's talk chris. about this quickly mr doug chris one of our patronizers um congratulations mate you're probably going to be listening to this back on the podcast and we just want to say congratulations because he's going to be a granddad yeah he's like soon soon to be gramps which hats off to you, chap. Hats off to you. And his pedal company is uh, Fat Guy uh, Little Jacket, isn't it? No, Thirty Seven no, Effects. That's, no, that's there the you name. Go, yeah. That's the name of the pedal, isn't it? It is the Fat Guy yeah. Little Coat. Yeah. Uh, and he's soon to come out with uh, the Tombstone Treble Booster as well, which cool. is in a uh, kind of tombstone, kind of wedge-shaped enclosure. Nice. Rather nice. Rather nice. All right, let's go through these. Just trying to find the tube screamer one. Ah, 
Would it be redundant or foolish to have a plumes and a nobles DDR on the same board? I have the plumes and have been looking for another drive. Um, I would go for the plumes over the DDR because the DDR isn't... Is it, no, it's ODR, isn't it? O- yeah. ODR. Yeah, ODR. it's just the way it looks up here. Um, uh, the plumes is, is a lovely pedal. Earthquake can make great pedals and... Um, I've heard more people saying good things about the plumes than I have about the nobles. What do you think, mate? Why not have both? Um, I I've run two tube screamer setups before, and it's glorious. It's glorious. Um, <sighs> I put a rat on there instead. Like save a space, get rid of one of them, and put a rat on there instead. You'll be happier, and then you won't ever need a uh, get a clon. They're better than bloody tube screamers. Let's cast our minds back, shall we? Let's cast our minds back about. Uh, look, it's about been a lovely month to so, see okay. you all. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lee, just as a just as a, a quick one, who, what, what pedal won the uh, the pedal World Cup that we were doing a, a couple of like a month or so back? What, what was it? What was that? That it was a cheetah pedal. The, it was a pedal that uh, uh, didn't actually get through one of the rounds there was a draw and then somebody made up a lie about it about it getting through and then it cheated its way to the end so the the real winner after an adjudicator's decision was the mxr blue box and well done to the mxr blue box can you hear all them people clap that's not me clapping tell you what i can do i can smell the bullshit I think you'll find, Lee, it was a tube screamer that won that that event fair and square. Oh, yeah, because it was a boomer competition. <laughs> I don't think there was and a single digital pedal in that. <laughs> there we go with Lee alienating a good quarter, maybe even a third of our listenership. Just be be aware that Lee's horrible comments... Are not shared by the uh, the Fret Talk podcast here. We absolutely love you all. Uh, I think that's that's the end of our um, uh, what we call it pedal boards opinions news, isn't it? And it's a good place to kind of wrap the podcast up as well, isn't it? It's like a nice heartwarming story of uh, our dog becoming a grumps. Is it's it's a nice nice one to end. Yeah, on. should we buy him a blue box to celebrate? No, we don't want to do that to him. Um, I was listening to his uh, his uh, podcast actually today, and because he's he's on the Masters of the Cinematic Universe, um, and the like a couple of months ago they did the film Idiocracy, which I'd never seen before, uh, and that appeared on uh, on Disney Plus last week, so I ended up watching that. And this week's one was um, No Country for Old Men. Oh, I saw that a while back, uh, maybe about 10, 15 years ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's 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 relatively uh, kind of weathered by this point. It's it's not a not a new new flick, um, but I've always kind of seen clips of it on TV and like adverts for it, and just thought that is not not for me. No, thank you. Um, but then hearing these guys go through the the plot and the, the the intricacies of this film it's making me want to watch it so i think the next on my film to watch list is going to be no country for old men and i, I will report back um and 
I'm just going to give you a shout out here for your uh, your podcast because it's it's inspiring me to watch watch movies that I would not have given two two shits about. Can prior. I give you something else to watch uh, that was I, I saw a couple of days ago, which is only only a short YouTube video, but it was uh, I think it was like ten things you didn't know about Back to the Future, and it was quite interesting. Such as um, I think the one that was probably the most well-known but it was like the most interesting you know there was a guy who played martin mcfly before um oh, whatever his name was um um oh, i went in and out of my head then go on go on what's his name I, I just keep thinking of him as martin mcfly but it's and i'm picturing him in the other film that he did uh, with the ghost film um not doc hollywood or when he did a cameo in scrubs or no. Dude with the Parkinson's. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck me. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, there was another guy who was uh, playing Marty McFly. <laughs> and yeah, Michael J. Fox. Yes, thank you, Lol. Um, God, that was so <laughs> difficult. You know when something goes right out of your head? It's always when we're live casting as well. And I can normally just nail these facts. But when we're live casting, I'm like... Yeah, this this is the time that I don't need to know it. Yeah, when I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just words escaped, didn't they? So annoying. Um, anyway, um, yeah, there was another guy who played it, and he recorded like half the film. And then there was uh, because he was doing something else. They said to him, "Oh no, we don't want you playing it anymore," or something along those lines. But it's still something that they. There's a scene where they didn't edit him out. And it's the bit where he hits the other the other chap in the diner, yeah. and, and like you actually see him on there. But there's loads of other bits and pieces that were that were like um, that were on purpose in there as well, um, which is really really quite interesting. You know where I've heard that fact before? Masters of the uni- uh, Cinematic Universe. Masters of the Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Yeah. No, I've not they, listened yeah, they... to their podcast yet. I do want to, but I've not. Yeah, they the, when they did uh, Back to the Future, they they went through like the whole story in a less bubbling way. I mean, they remembered Mark, um, Michael J. Fox's name for a start, um, <laughs> but they they, they go, like go through the the entire and like I say, like Master's Cinematic Universe is really great for those little bits of like movie trivia because they they put a load of research into it and they are like massive massive into movies, mm. so I. I get some some absolute like major enjoyment from like on my commute listening to these and thinking like shit yeah I, I remember that from that film and I I did not clock um so it it it's very inspiring makes you want to watch movies and that's hopefully what we do with people uh, about playing and buying and enjoying pedals let me ask you something right because uh, i'm wondering if they watched the same video as i did for their research so <laughs> there was there was this old um like 1920s 1930s um movie with someone like charlie chaplin but it wasn't him and he he's up a building on a clock tower holding onto a clock and he falls and and falls down and he's holding the clock uh the um the, the big hand of the clock uh, just like Doc does at the end of the of Back to the Future, and right at the beginning of the, you know, when they go in to uh, the Doc's um, studio, if you like, his laboratory, yeah, where his he's lab, got yeah, all yeah. the clocks, 
there's yeah. a clock on there in the background um that has uh it's the clock from that movie that has the guy hanging from it just like doc ah, does at the end harold lloyd john's just come in on it harold lloyd yeah and obviously he's um no relation to um what's his name whatever lloyd um doc the doc go on yeah. go on Oh, I can't remember. Don't ask me these things. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Who was also in... He was in Back to the Future 2. I know that that much. It, what was he that? Might also... <sighs> was he in a Hulk Hogan movie as well in the 90s where Hulk Hogan played a little... Oh, like um, Some... Mr. Nanny or... Something um... fun that... No, do you remember the one where Hulk Hogan played a, uh, a, a an alien and he crashed lands and... <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I remember that film. <laughs> oh. Do you remember the one? Was it Hulk Hogan who was in that film? So I've just realised we've still got that question up about the plumes. Um, that wasn't he in that f- uh, a TV series where he was? It was called Thunder in Paradise, and he it was like Night Rider but on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that was also a thing. Yeah. Oh uh, God. The eighties and early nineties were a crazy time. Um, we were wrapping up a podcast, however, and not talking about flicks. Uh, so, yeah, Suburban Commando, sub- sub- that one. Suburban. Yes, that was the one. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this one. I'm gonna give a shout out to our Patreon backers who we've we've given a few already some some kind of subtle shout outs, but we're gonna give give the officials now. And for as little as two dollars a month, you can be part of these these cool cool kids. Uh, so we have got Mr. Andrew Bimson. We have got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects and the Masters of the Cinematic Universe. He also does another podcast, but I've not listened to that one yet, so I can't possibly uh, possibly comment. We have got, so that's three. We've got six to do, haven't we? We've got Mr. Hugh Rection. Maybe, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Uh, we have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of... Fletcher pickups. Um, I'm going to mention a little bit some something something about Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher pickups in just a moment, and Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. Uh, you need to check out my Instagram. Um, it's given a little sneaky sneaky about a competition giveaway which is going to be happening at the start of next month, um, and the details will go live. Uh, pretty soonish um so you need to check out my instagram uh for the for the info on that and then you need to be subscribed to fletcher pickups on uh on insta and on facebook because i think that's where the the official official thing is going to be happening it's a big one it's a big biggie big competition so keep keep your eyes peeled um if you want to catch me online it is uh, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap at facebook.com slash budget pedal chap. It is instagram.com slash budget pedal chap. And it is youtube.com slash budget pedal chap. And YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tone series. And it is also the home to the Pickpocket series as well, which I might be migrating over to Instagram, maybe. Who knows? Um, Lee, you are. Mr. Pedabada Babada Babada Do. 
Not you. <laughs> Do you want to give give some shout outs to your stuff? Yeah. So uh, I obviously run the pedal boards of Doom uh, webs. Uh, sorry. Yes, we've got the web store where you can go and buy a shit ton of pedals. Where you need focusing on the boutique stuff. We've obviously got the Facebook group, which is where you are right now. If you're viewing, hello to you. Give us a give us a thumbs up in the in the uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that lost steam pretty quickly didn't it <laughs> this is what i'm talking about you're doing this and you kind of forget how to talk it's so weird um yeah we've got youtube we've got instagram we've got a great youtube channel let's not just skin over it we've got mr budget pedal chap there doing um Stomp versus Stomp. We've got Mr. Lowell, George Graneff, who uh, does um, whatever it is he does. It's undescribable. Does it even? <laughs> does it even? Yes, does it even describe? Um, and we've got myself uh, doing the news and the occasional demo on there as well. More demos coming your way. Yeah. Um, then we have... Um, Tonepedia as well, which we mentioned quite a bit today, which is your interactive, V interactive home, where you can go and try out the latest pedals and vintage pedals and pedals which people feel like they should send us. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, we do that and we work very, very hard at that. So go and give it some love. We've got uh, a Facebook page. We've got. Lowell doing a bit of the news from time to time as he's just dropped in the comments there. You know, we don't want to miss that out. <laughs> Thank Indeed. you so much for your help, man. Um, and have I missed anything? I feel like I have. No, I think, that, I think that's about it. Maybe. If if you've missed something, just record a little bit of audio for it and I'll plunk it on at the end of the podcast. It'd be fine. Oh. No one will notice. Cool. Right. So, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. Lee. It will be a tatty bye. Good night for this week. Ta-ra a bit. Good night, everyone. Bye. Jokes about white sugar are rare. Jokes about brown sugar, demerara. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>